0: Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Loria. Welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. I am excited to talk to you today. We do have another incredible interview, but before I go into that, I do have a special reading for you and something I want to share with you. So um today you're going to hear from Dion Joyner, who is just a magical being, wonderful person, another special guest that we had on Membership for Your Soul. And I'm going to let you listen to that interview to hear all the beauty that she has to offer into this world. What I want to share with you is something that I've noticed. And then remember, we have a reading at the end of this interview for you. You're going to pick a lake, ocean, or river. And I'm going to tell you something specific to do for that in a minute. I've been reading uh, Neville Goddard's book. I'm sure I'm butchering up his last name. G o d d a r d. I can't remember which one I'm reading right now, but it's very uh, much about imagining what you desire and feeling it, and then calling it in. And I was reading it last night, and he was talking about how important it is to know what you want in life. And I remember I shared with you a couple of months ago. I was in my living room, and I said to my guides, "Okay, we need. I need to get to the next chapter." And they said, well, you have to tell us exactly what you want. You're not telling us what you want, so we can't help you. And I knew they were right. And I'm still kind of like, I don't know how many of you are having this experience where I feel like I'm reaching out in the air and I'm grasping, but I'm not holding on to anything. And it's not that I don't, I have a good idea of what I want, but it does feel like it's not as grounded yet. It's not fully in my body. And before I read that book, last night I was hiking And I was on the trail with my dogs and it was Sunday night. And I stop at a specific location that is just so scenically beautiful. And I was just looking out at the mountains and the trees and the green. It was so green and so beautiful. And I felt so good. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. And the thing about my life in this point in time when I'm recording this is as much as I I have a beautiful life, you know, I live in a beautiful location, I play tennis, and I have a beautiful business and uh, friends, I don't have a lot of community around me here by my own choice. Let's just leave it at that. I recognize that a lot of what I've been doing while I've been living in this particular location um, is really just kind of centering into myself and really... Uh, lighting my soul up in a way that I've been wanting to light up for quite some time. And I'm getting ready for that. I can feel that next part, like things are already shifting and changing and growing and opportunities are coming and things are expanding and it feels really wonderful. And part of me was sitting there on the hill going, hmm, do I want this to change? And I do want it to change because there's another part of me that is looking for a new location. And I'm not going to get into my personal wishes right now. I just don't feel like sharing them just at this point in time. Um, but it was it's interesting, like, how much do we really want change? How much are we really looking to invite in that next opportunity that may make us busier or may th- uh, throw us into a group of people that maybe we're not ready to communicate with for whatever reason? So I just started getting really clear about my own life. Like, what is it that I truly want, and some of it is stuff that I haven't yet experienced, right? I talk a lot about um, living your life from the future and not from your past, not in the place of where you're never in the present, but you're making choices of where you want to go, not where you came from. So I'll go more into this in the next podcast, but I just wanted to invite you to think about what is it that you really want and how much do you really want it? And are you clear on how it would make you feel? Because I was doing a day in the life, which is something I teach in my programs. And also we have it on my website, if you want to look at it. But I was teaching a day in the life, which is where you write down a life, um, a day in your life, a year from now, six months from now, it doesn't matter when, but you actually date the page that date. And then you write down your whole day from morning to night, as if you were actually living it. And you are supposed to make like 30% of it true to your life today so that it could feel like there's some reality in it. And I started doing that again this morning. And there were certain things I was pulling into the day in life, in the life that I'm like, hmm when was the last time I had a similar experience so I could pull on that feeling or pull on that emotion or like, how do you pull up that emotion if you've yet to experience it? Do you do it through uh what you think other people are living? Like if there's, um I was, I was thinking about like, when was the last time I was, just surrounded by really, really good friends. Because since I've moved up here, I haven't really, I've had a few friends visit. When was the last time I was at a dinner party? You know, it's been COVID, right? My friend uh, throws these elaborate, beautiful dinner parties in LA. And I had a dream about it the other night. And I was like, so you. So I tried, started purling up those kinds of feelings and experiences to incorporate it into my day in the life. So I can incorporate it into my imagination and really start getting ready for that next part to start calling it in. So like I said, there's a lot that I can say about that. And I will talk more about it in the future. But the question I have for you is with where you are in your life, aligned with your soul, in your soul, maybe you don't feel like you're very much in your soul. What is it that you want to draw to you? What is it that you think you want to experience and are you really ready to experience it? Do you feel like you're really ready for it or do you feel like you're pushing it away? I don't know the answer. I'm just asking you those questions because I'm playing with them myself. And just be with that for a moment and then pick a lake, ocean, or river And if you feel like you're going to trip up yourself and and you're going to pick one of them that you love and you really don't want to pick it because you love it, like say you love oceans or you love the river and you're like, but I'm being called to pick the lake, but I don't really like lakes. I like oceans. You can put both all three of those names on a piece of paper, separate pieces of paper and fold them up and throw them in a basket. Sit with your soul and go, all right, I'm ready for this next part of my life How ready am I? Or what do I need to know? Or what do I need to do to open that up? And then you could pick one of those pieces of paper out of the basket and see what you get. And after my interview with Deneen, you are going to get the reading for Lake, Ocean or River. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. Let me know what you think about the interviews because I was hesitant to start putting them into this podcast. I, there We have so many great interviews that I'm still considering doing it, but I'd love to know what you think about it or if there's something you want to hear. I'd also love to know what you would like me to talk about or teach on this podcast. It would be very helpful for me to know what you're thinking. We do have some things that are coming down the pike. I'm going to be doing a soul session and there's different things that um, I'm going to be opening up to um people who listen to my podcast and opportunity to possibly join us in those things. So email us at care. No, I keep doing that. (laughs) We do have an email that is care at com. You could email us there since I keep wanting to give it to you. Or you can email at info at who can it be now podcast.com. Info at who can it be now podcast.com. And I look forward to seeing you after this session so that you can hear um, what you got in your reading. See you soon. All right. So we are live on Facebook. Hi everyone. Um, so I don't know Deneen. So I'm super, super excited to speak to her. I'm saying your name properly, aren't I? You are. Yes. Right. And I was reading her bio, which I'm going to read to all of you. I believe you came through Trisha to us, you know Trisha, is that correct? Yes so um Laura and Trisha have been so excited about us having her on at membership, and I'm super excited because I was reading her bio, and like i I think this is gonna be such an incredible call, and she's gonna you can already see the light that's just like zooming out of her. So <laughs> thank you. So the title of this talk is, and I'm going to read your bio and then we're just going to jump right into it, Deneen. Uh, the title of this talk is Soul Wounds and Sacred Revelations, which I think is so um, pertinent and everybody can relate to. Deneen Join is a soul medium, by the way, friggin' love that title, may take it. <laughs> spiritual, a spiritual coach and storyteller whose sole mission is to guide others on how to follow the footprints left by their ancestors to uncover the spiritual inheritance tied to their pain, gifts, and destiny so they may heal and fulfill their holy assignments. Love holy assignments too. So beautiful. As a seventh generation shaman and heiress to her ancestors' ancient indigenous practices and self-guided soul healing... Deneen offers a unique approach to how women can partner with themselves and their pain to clear their souls. Deneen offers insightful guidance surrounding the intergenerational DNA behind family karma and emotional pain, which she gained as an 18-year profession in professional in social work. She offers soul readings through private coaching as well, as well as with live audience and radio interviews. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, my goodness. Thank, thank you. you so thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm super excited and I want to hear, so we usually start with, of course, they give us questions as my audience knows, but I want to know about your journey because everybody, a lot of people are healers and stuff on here and I want to hear a bit about how you came to do this work today. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yes, you
1: kind of went out a little bit, but I I get the gist of it. (laughs) You want to hear about my journey.
0: Yeah. I live in the mountains. So sometimes I go in and out. So, okay, that's okay.
1: That's all right. You're just making me use my gifts. That's all. Um, (laughs) what did she say? Okay. I got it. So yeah. So let me just back up before, before the journey journey that that you're speaking of where the, the soul wounds, um, actually came into play and I actually had to make a decision rather to to continue to live the way that I had been living or to actually surrender and, and partner with myself and God and have them healed. At the age of five, I started to tap into my gifts. It looked like me being able to see angels and hear angels. So they started to speak to me. And I have to say in retrospect that I believe that they appeared at that time, because that was a very, very difficult time in my household. Mm. I was living in total chaos. Um, my, my father was physically and verbally abusive to my mother and me being the youngest, I was the closest to her and to it. Everybody else was in, you know, doing their own thing. They were older than me. Um, There's seven of us, all girls and, and I'm the baby. And so, you know, I immediately went into caretaker role. I was always the caretaker of my mother when these when these events happened, the abuse. I was always there giving her the cold washcloths afterwards, Mm. consoling her. And this is at five. I knew to do this instinctually. Mm. And and I was an empath as well. So I could really just feel when when my dad would come home during you know during these times when he wasn't there he would be gone for weeks and then he would just show up and you know and that's what he would do when he would show up and i realized his pattern was you know to come to basically abuse her and then to to accuse her of being unfaithful so that he could leave and so that was the pattern and and because i was an empath so young I was really struggling with all of this, trying to figure out, you know, why and, and, and just the heaviness that I carried, not only with my mom and whatever was going on with my dad, but just me as a child trying to sort all of this out. Why was this occurring and how could I stop it?
0: Mm.
1: So I felt like it was on me to do something. And that's when my, my relationship with Divine started at the tender age of five, I strongly knew that there was nobody here on earth that was gonna be able to help me um, transform this situation. And so I prayed. That was the very first time I connected with Devon was to, to rescue my mom, to rescue me from this situation and to hopefully make things better. And so that relationship started at five and it morphed as I matured. My gifts morphed as well. And then I got to the age of 11 where my gifts started to, what I felt, they started to get me in trouble because I didn't have a filter. Mm -hmm. I was sharing things about people and saying things about people and completing sentences before people even said them. And it made people uncomfortable. Yeah. And so that's when the shame started to come in about my gifts about, you know, about the things that I knew about people, and I didn't still understand how did I know these things? You know, it was almost like a little bit of a game to me because it was entertaining for me to be able to, you know, finish somebody's sentence or already anticipate something that didn't happen yet, you know? And so, you know, all of this was fun for me, not so fun for the person that I was sharing the information about. And so I, you know, after, you know, being told so many times, you know, to stop it, you know, that's, that's not nice, all of those types of things, Then I started to stuff it down. And I started to, you know, like I said, just really, you know, uh, I wanted to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, if I would just be quiet and not say the things that I knew that that would allow me at least to be like everybody else. But the funny part is, and I know, you know, because you have gifts (laughs) that never happens. It's almost like, you know, you want to be like everybody else, you know, but you're meant to stand out and you don't know that. And you don't know why you're meant to stand out, you know, and we have that, you know, that word outcast, which I hate. But that's what I was growing up. I was the outcast in my family. I was the black sheep. And, you know, and so I never fit in. I never fit in and I never would fit in. And I didn't realize that until much later into my adulthood that I was never meant to fit in and I had to make peace with that. Mm-hmm. So that was basically, you know, the foundation of just my, just trying to accept who I was with these gifts. And then on top of that, realizing that I had, you know, I had two distinct, um, cultures that I came from, Native American, which is my mother, and then West African Nigerian, which is my father. And that made me stand out too, um, only within myself. Nobody knew that I was a Black Indian. They just looked at me and automatically thought that I was a Black girl. Mm-hmm. And, and I allowed that. And, and my family allowed that on a lot of different levels because of their fear of, of people mistreating me. Even more so if they knew that I was Native American as well. And so there's a chapter in my book, actually, that I named um, the lesser of two evils, the best of both worlds. Wow. And so that speaks to the soul wounds and sacred revelations part that I impart to not only you know, my clients, but to people in general. So the soul wounds part of that was me believing that I had to pick the lesser of two evils, which was just to say that you are African or black and to discredit and ignore my Native American side. And so what I learned throughout my journey was that I was really the product of the best of both worlds. After I did my research and really looked at both these cultures and just how beautiful they are. And the legacy that I come from, you know, not only just from my mother's side, because I have to say, because of my father's actions, I always, you know, sided with her. I always looked to her culture as the good. And, you know, any good that I had within me was coming clearly from that side. Right. <laughs> had nothing to do with, you know, my father's side. because Because of his actions, I thought, you know, anything that was that was displeasing, anything that was, was not good was, was because of him and because of that side. And I had to reconcile those thoughts and those feelings. And I was able to do that you know, once I started my journey. But my journey really encompassed a lot of forgiveness, not only with people who I had encountered who were there to deliver lessons for me to heal the things that I had been carrying, but also, myself, my father, my mother, and God, because there was a lot of hardship that I endured Marilyn and i I really didn't know where it was coming from, and I pointed the fingers a lot, you know when when things really, really got difficult, and my back was up against the wall, you know I really you know I really was was angry on some levels with God in how would you let this happen yeah. you know why is this happening and and just kind of feeling like he wasn't really
0: listening to me go go ahead oh okay <laughs> oh, i like the belief in you it's such an incredible story and i actually relate a lot to it because uh, a lot when I was five and abusive of father and all of that. So it's fascinating. And I find, I didn't know you were Native American too. So it's yeah. so incredible that you have these two very powerful heritages with these stories. So it makes sense to me that you do what you did. My question is, who introduced God to you? Was that something that you just knew from the early on or did somebody introduce that to you?
1: My mother. My mother actually, you know, always instilled the Christian values yeah she read the Bible you know to I they always laugh at me but it's true she read the Bible to my sisters but then when it came to me not so much yeah (laughs) you know she was working you know she was working and so seven child (laughs) exactly so I you know I really got you know when it came down to me I, I missed out on a lot I really did I missed out on even things like that the subtle and the beautiful things that came so naturally you know about, you know, for my sisters, you know, the things that they got that they really took for granted. Like they really didn't think too much of, you know, mom sitting with them, reading the Bible, giving them a scripture, talking about it, you know, and I didn't get that, you know, um, and there was a lot of things that I missed out on because she was the breadwinner. Um, after my father finally got tired of his in and out dance, he decided that he wanted to just live a different life. And he left, he literally left us, and so that's where the abandoned wound comes in for me. So I have the father wound and the abandonment wound on top of all the other things that I had endured. And, you know, in realizing that, you know, um, that I had, to, I had to, I had to have those wounds among the other ones that I had in order to be prepared for what I'm doing right now. There's no way that I could do it without not having to go through what I went through.
0: It Was there a moment in your life, Deneen, that there must have been where, because you can tell how much you've worked and healed, which <laughs> makes you so powerful to help and, and, and all the work that you do that we're going to get into. <laughs> Thank you. But is there a certain moment in your life where you were like, did you go to therapy? How did you do the work that you needed to do to have the understanding that you have today?
1: I did go to therapy, but it wasn't for the pain. Believe it or not, it was for um, a very, very traumatic event that happened to me in college. It was actually the culmination. It actually, I had two rapes.
0: Oh my god! One
1: when when I was sixteen, and it was from someone who was very close to the family who was who was not too much older than me. Um, but anyway, this was a serial rape. And so it occurred over months and yeah. I never told anyone about that. And so I I really just, you know, carried that with me. And then it happened again when I was a, a sophomore in college. It was a date rape. And so when the date rape happened, I still didn't remember. That's just another piece of how the brain Works. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go through trauma, usually what happens is, you know, there's a level of security involved with everything that you go through. And it's a disconnect and there's a numbing that just happens on its own. Mm-hmm. And so that happened to me the first time that it happened when I was 16, so much so that I forgot the entire event. Mm-hmm. And so when it showed itself again in my sophomore year, I didn't think about when it happened to me when I was 16. It was like it happened for the first time. I did get some counseling then, but I should have went longer, which took me to probably like maybe eight years later, Mm. where I was actually engaging in just play fighting with a boyfriend of mine. And we were wrestling on the bed and we were playing. We were joking, laughing, and he pinned me down not really hard but he pinned both my wrists down and when he did that that activated everything else mm. and it frightened him my response because it was just so over the top my response to what he did and I knew it and he knew it and we both looked at each other and he was like WTF like what what was that what is that about like what's and I couldn't answer him but I knew that there was a deeper answer to it. And so I did go to therapy for about two years, um, which was really powerful for me because it was with a man. Mm. And I thought that that was really, really profound that I went to counseling with a man Mm. and it was two men who had actually raped me. And so, you know, I really did get a lot out of that therapy um, but to answer your bigger question about my my total healing, that didn't come until I was 47. So I always tell people, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, don't use the excuse that you're too old or it's too late or you've learned to carry it, you know, because our soul is not meant to carry pain. It really isn't, you know. Um, and And so. I thought that I could carry my pain and I did so for quite a while. And then the bottom fell out and I had no more room to hold it. Mm. And I was forced literally to what I call a destiny decision to either. I was in the throes of actually contemplating suicide, which is, which was really not the answer, but I thought that it was the answer, but I was forced into Basically realizing that I was in so much pain, more pain than I had ever even let on to myself to even want to contemplate, you know, wanting to take my life. But I realized that I really didn't want to take my life. I really just had run out of my bag of tricks to keep myself going. And I didn't realize that that was probably the best. I know for a fact that that was the best Scenario that I could have ever arrived at, which is basically being at ground zero and not having anything else to rely on to keep me going another day. It was t- My time was up and it was time for me to really start the deep healing work that I had been avoiding for my entire life. And so I realized that it was time and, and that's when my, my journey started
0: how long have you been doing the work that you're doing now since 2014 okay so I can't believe like I, I don't even want to ask your age because you're absolutely like I like <laughs> it's like what
1: Because <laughs> oh, I know I get that but you'll get this Marilyn so my soul is 20 years old I get it my soul is 20 and my soul actually, you know, not to spoil it because people hopefully will still read my book because there's a lot. Yes. Of we're going to talk about that information about it. But my, yeah. my soul actually is re- reincarnated a gift
0: from my great, great grandmother. Her name was Lucinda. Oh no. Tell us, tell us what you want to tell. So, cause, cause they don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. So I want to hear a bit about what you do. I want to hear about your book right now <laughs> okay. and and they get everything. We share everything with them. I mean, her story is, your story is so incredible. Her book is called, um, is it Sacred Revelations? Soul Wounds and Sacred Revelations. revelations. And it's her spiritual memoir. I'm getting chills with this, Deneen. I love Uh, it. So tell us. I am too. Look, now that you said it, I got them too. It was like a wave. (laughs) So when did you write this? Like, so beautiful. There it is. Yes. And you can get that on Amazon. Where would you like us to get that? Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kindle. Great. Thank you. Of course. Oh my goodness. We want to celebrate the heck out of you and everything you do. Oh, thank you. Tell us a bit about that now, since you were going into that. Okay. So yeah, so I wrote the
1: book in 2014 and that's when I started the healing work that I do. So my journey started in 2011 with my healing. Mm -hmm. It took three, a little over three years, which... To me, it felt like forever, especially since I had been carrying this for four decades, you know, but really in hindsight, when I look at the journey, actually, it was a blessing that it really didn't take that long. And and so what ended up happening what actually just encapsulated and actually just activated me and, and gave me the momentum to, to want to actually continue with this healing journey after I asked for it, because I really got to that. You know, that moment where I told you I was ready to give up and just give in and just say I'm, I'm done in this lifetime and that's it. But I realized that I wanted the answers to two questions concerning my life and my gifts that I had been asking God since I was seven. I wanted to know why did he give me these gifts and what were they for? Mm. And I had never you know, gotten the, the answers. He never gave them to me. And so in that moment, I really became angry in the fact that he never gave them to me. And the fact that he, I felt had led me to the moment in wanting to end my life. And I just felt like how unfair, you know, after all the things that I've done in my life, you know, and, and the sacrifices that I've made and the work that I've done to help other people that you would bring me to a moment where I just wanted to give up. And and really just cash in on everything and just say, forget it. Is that what it was for? Did you want me to just end it like this? And so I said, and also you never gave me those answers. I've been asking you since I was a little girl. You know, you never once told me either, either one of them, you know, and I, and I demanded to want those answers. Like I wanted them so bad. And soon as I said that, Marilyn, it was like a rush came over me. And I said to myself, like in my head, in the throes of my anger, I said, if you really wanted to end your life, you wouldn't be so concerned that you never got those answers. Hmm. And when I said that to myself, it was
0: true. I That's knew that it was a powerful moment. Yeah. yeah, What wisdom? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, but you're right. It was true. I mean, I couldn't refute it. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it was, Exactly. You know, and I knew that it was true. I knew that I wanted those answers more than I wanted to, you know, to leave this life. And I said, I do want the answers and I'm willing to stay here to get them. And and I realized that I had been really not, you know, I've been living the life that, you know, where I didn't harm other people, I didn't do people wrong, but that was more than that. It had to be more than that. It was, it was deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that in that moment that I wasn't living up. I always felt like I was not, there was some immeasurable bar that I was never going to arrive at. And I wanted to get to that bar. I wanted to meet it. I wanted to know what it was and I couldn't rest until, until I did. And so I begged and pleaded in that moment for God to just intervene and to be my teacher, to take my hand and show me wherever it was that I needed to go because clearly I was off course (laughs) and, and I wanted, you know, I wanted to, to really just be able to um, embrace all of me because I felt
0: really deeply that there was a piece of me that was missing. Yeah. stand up. So is that where the book came in? Like you were like, let me put the pieces together. And well, what would end up happening was during this journey, I uncovered
1: so much about how I learned about emotional pain. Mm. I learned, you know, I learned it, that I didn't learn at all. I learned that nobody shows any of us how to emote. And, and, when, you know, and when you don't have a reference or a blueprint of how to emote, how to express your feelings, you know just authentically, then what normally happens is we look to our parents and they become our blueprint. And you know this is generational, so nobody has told them or taught them either. And so it's like the blind leading the blind you know and this has been going on for generations to generations and so we adopt a lot of how we emote Mm. and you know, so there's, you know, the, the class that I designed for you, which
0: I'm so happy to to share a little bit about later. She's gonna be one of our guest teachers, but go ahead. So they don't even know that yet. I don't Sorry. think oh that's great. No, it's great. so you're gonna get a class from Danine. Go ahead. Yes. So yes,
1: so so anyway, I learned through my journey that that I didn't know how to emote. I also um, you know, realized that that I had disconnected my pain. I had numbed it. And I realized that there had to be a better way to be able to, um, to heal, to face it. And so I invited my ancestors. This was all just by instinct. This was all organic because at this point I had never really spoken to them directly. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, and I didn't even really know of them in the, in the vein that I knew of them as my journey unfolded. I knew I had ancestors because of my mother. My mother is a storyteller. In my family, she would tell us stories about people. We would laugh about them later because to us, it was just like, why is mom talking about these people who are dead? We never met them. We don't know what they mean to us, but she knew what they meant to us and she knew that it would mean something later on. And she was so right. And so during my healing journey was when I became so curious, Marilyn which is something that, you know, I want to impart to, you know, to your, your audience is to become so curious about your life. You know, you have to have this insatiable curiosity about your, your, your life's pain, because it's not just about the pain. The pain is really just a part of the preparation, but we get distracted in it and we start to spin our wheels in it. And most of us will not even face it. But we're really just, you know, we're evading the fact that we are here for a greater purpose. We make it about us when it's not about us, it never was. And so I learned this as I'm going through my journey, you know, and and I opened myself up to being able to connect with my ancestors and to allow them to impart their wisdom. And they started to do this with me once I started to meditate every morning with them. And throughout my day, you know, I would I would connect and they would share things with me. And before I went to sleep, they would share things with me. And I started to just basically take these messages and I started to put them in my journal. And so I journaled the whole time I was healing. And, you know, and so the book came once I actually arrived at, you know, this this healing um, in October of 2014. And, you know, and I knew then that's when my holy assignment, which is your true purpose for being here. It is the only reason you are here and all of the pain and everything that is associated with your purpose here um, as a human will be revealed to you in spirit form once you actually heal and clear your soul. Because right now, if you have endured pain and trauma and you have not been working on healing it. And I mean, really doing some deep work, not just going to the therapist and then waiting two weeks to see him again. I mean, you're actively engaged and committed to your healing every day. That curiosity that I spoke of, that insatiable curiosity to want to get to the bottom of why do I continue to encounter certain things or why do the relationships that I attract, why do they continue to be the same person? Those are good questions. You should want to know why is it that I keep having deja vu with the same, you know, different person, but it's the same scenario. It's because you need to heal that, you know, and if you can open yourself up to that and say to Divine, to your ancestors, please, you know, deliver this lesson to me. I want to know. I want to know what it is that I need to heal. Slowly but surely, you're going to get those answers and you're going to know what it is. And it's tied to something that happened a while back that you can follow that thread and you can actually start to investigate and look at it for what it is. And one of the things I want to say real quick is that the things that I hear most about pain with people, why they don't want to face it is because they're afraid that it's going to be devastating. Like it was the first time. And I have to say that that can, that's humanly impossible. It's never going to be as devastating as it was when it first occurred. And if you're doing your healing work consciously, you know, it's going to come up. You just don't know when, but there's still control over that. The fact that you know, that it's coming, it's going to come and that you can actually say, okay, whenever it comes, I'm going to put something in place. You know, even if it's just, I'm going to breathe and acknowledge that it's here, you know, and I actually, you know, impart to people to become at some point you're going to become grateful for these lessons when they come to you and you're able to see them for what they are, that it's a healing. It's an opportunity for healing And that, you know, you're open to whatever it is that that you need to um, examine and to actually put into knowing, conscious knowing.
0: Let's let's talk a bit about um, the work you do, because I think that that is going to really explain. It's such a powerful, you said something, you said the pain is part of your participation, I believe you said. And I was like, there's just so much you said that I uh, like the true purpose and the healing of it in order to, to really live in your soul and not be fragmented and how you have to face it. And you use all this work. Like for me, listening to you, I can tell that, first of all, I know you're a medium, you're a channeler, and all this information just came through <laughs> you to work and create this magnificent body of work that you're helping others. So tell us a bit about how you work with other people. And then, um, of course, everybody, we're going to share her website. I'm going to share her book with you, everything, because, um, you can already feel it. Like this is, this is so powerful. And I want to say just one last thing. I did a lot of therapy and I did a lot of work on myself and I agree with you, the people that you can't run from it, you have to face it. So tell us a bit about how you work with people and what you do. Yes. So I do a
1: lot of one-on-one work um, primarily now because of the the pandemic. I was doing one-on-one work before, but now it is pretty much escalated to just that. And the one-on-one work looks like um, a full reading is primarily how people generally come to me. They wanna come to me because they wanna know what their pain is all about. Because most people who are in pain, they have experienced you know, decades of it and in different um, experiences of pain and trauma, but they really can't, if you ask them, you know, like, what's your soul wounds, they wouldn't be able to say what their soul wounds are, they wouldn't even know what a soul wound is. And, you know, basically what a soul wound is, a soul wound is really a result of your family karma. Mm -hmm. So for instance, for me, I'll use myself as the example I spoke of my father earlier. My father basically abandoned me and my sisters, but he also exposed me to phys- physical, not on me, but I witnessed physical abuse, verbal abuse. And, and also, I was neglected as far as emotional neglect and, um, and not having the things that I needed, as far as just basically the basics, the food, you know, um, and, and shelter and things of that nature. Um, We moved around a lot because because of my mother's not having the ability to be able to take care of all the children she had and to, you know, just to keep things afloat. And so, you know, I suffered greatly on a lot of different levels. And so because of that, so that would be, you know, if I looked at all of those factors, you know, that is some of the family karma that I endured that I was able to trace back. The abandonment was something that actually happened on both sides of my family um, and and also on some forms the, the the neglect that happened as well, and then also the father wound mean there was because of his inability to be present and to actually be a father, he was not in my life consistently at all, and when I was able to look at the family karma in my family on both sides, I was able to see that, that this was consistent behavior on both sides of my family. And so this was something that was generationally passed down invisibly. And so I was able to uncover that. And so because of those conditions, it gave me soul wounds. Mm -hmm. And so my soul wounds as a result of all of this, you know, is that I had low self-esteem because my father was not there And if you think about the role that a father plays in a young girl's life, he is basically her first love. Mm -hmm. And he also is the blueprint for what a man should be to a woman later on. Um, If he's there consistently, if he is putting in the time and attention and the love, then that self-esteem would have been there. But I didn't have that. So my soul wound was. One of my soul wounds was definitely low self esteem, lack of confidence. Then I also had the abandonment piece, which meant that I, you know, didn't feel like anybody was going to stay. So again, mostly all of my wounds had to deal with value, my value lack thereof. So I had a very low values value system when it came to you know what I believed about myself, what I thought I deserved, the people who I attracted um, in my life. Uh, As far as romantic, you know, I would, I would tend to manifest and attract people um, who would not stay. And, and so, you know, and it's, it's kind of like a double edged sword when it comes to people coming into your life, you manifesting people into your life, because I strongly believe, and I'm sure you would probably agree, you know, again, with these lessons, you know, so I'm having this soul wound of I'm not good enough. My self-esteem is low and that people will leave me, particularly men. And so when I'm in a relationship with a man, those are the things that I actually attracted. Mm -hmm. However, those are the things that can heal me as well. So if I was open, if I was aware, if I was conscious that this was a wound of mine and I was able to articulate what I just said, you know, then I would know that there would be a conscious awareness of mine. So if I was in a relationship with somebody who started to trigger me and make me feel less than or, you know, or actually, you know, threaten to leave, then I would have the opportunity to actually call myself on that, you know, and say, this is a trigger of yours. It's triggering your, you know, when you were little, when you were and be able to actually talk to myself and talk through it. Not to say that the pain, you know, would not be there, but I would be conscious and aware and have that level of control that I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, when I'm working with my clients, you know, I'm working with them and I'm actually doing what's called a soul reading and the soul reading actually allows me to use my gifts as a medium, soul medium, being able to connect to their soul because I'm able to actually speak to their soul, literally. I connect to it. The only thing that I ask of them before I actually even meet them is just to give me their their um, parents' names, their mother's maiden name, and then I have their name and that's it. So from that day forward, it takes me three days to actually introduce my soul to theirs. And then what happens is I literally get a download. It's a spiritual download from their soul to mine. And their soul literally speaks to me, Marilyn. And it tells me all of the painful places that it's been. It tells me what their family karma is. It tells me what their soul wounds are. It tells me what their soul lessons are. So these are things they need to be mindful of moving forward. It also will will tell me once we actually meet, and I share this information with them. If they have questions about a relationship or questions about someone um, in their life that maybe they just want either something to happen um, you know to to actually provide more positivity or if they're having an issue with somebody and they want to know why, why can't I connect with this person or you know what are the issues that I'm you know that I can't connect? I'm able to actually channel that person's energy, and I can tell them where the disconnect is and to give them some information about how to move forward. So it's a really comprehensive blueprint of the soul. And, you know, and it really leaves no stone unturned. Like when you get this reading with me, it's a two hour reading and you, you know, basically you have everything that you ever wanted to know and then some about your soul, but it's more validation than anything. It really validates that's why, or that's why I keep doing this or that, or that's, you know, so it really brings up that validation piece and it also gives you peace. It gives you hope as well, because then you realize that, you know, like this pain is not just to drive me crazy, not just to make me feel like I'm not to feel like I'm stuck, you know, and that I have to live my life numb. Now I know, you know, what I need to do to basically, you know, move forward and and I have a blueprint to do that. So they can do that, which is the soul reading. And then I also do one-on-one soul coaching for people who want to work with me for a two-month to six-month period of time to basically um, allow me to impart even deeper healing using my ancestors' um, soul healing practices. And there's seven practices that I actually um, introduce And we do that for, like I said, two months, four months, six months, depending on the level of of need. And, you know, and it's a, a lifestyle practice and it's so organic and it's so natural. It's just a natural way to restore and clear your soul so that you can literally remember why you're here. Because we got so distracted as humans, you know, we get so distracted. And like I said, we really do think that it's about us and it's not. We just kind of forgot, you know, because we've just been here so long and, you know, and we become more human than we are spirit. And, you know, and so this practice actually just restores you and it recalibrates your steps and it allows you to just naturally remember that you are a spiritual being and that you are here for a greater purpose and you're open to finding out what that purpose is.
0: So, when you're communicating with uh, their soul, are you um, okay, are you communicating with their ancestors, or it's just that their soul is a representation of all that is in their family? Yeah, yeah that's,
1: yeah, that's a good question. I'm actually, it starts off me communicating literally soul to soul. yeah, so my soul, you know their soul actually speaks to my soul. And so that's where the download comes. And so, I'm actually channeling whatever was downloaded to me. So I'm actually writing it up and channeling as it comes because it doesn't come just basically, you know, just in one sitting. It happens over a period of three days and it can happen anytime, depending on depending on the level of the um, the numbness as well, I'll say, because people are at different levels of numbness when it comes to their pain. And so it may take longer. Um, but it generally happens within the three days. I have never gone over three days with anyone. It usually, you know, I've had somebody actually, um, I was able to actually download their soul. Like they, it started like within an hour. I I couldn't believe it. So that told me this person had been working on themselves for sure. And so it was open and I was actually just, and then what happens is, to answer your question, while I'm actually doing this, I'm actually channeling, I'm also inviting in all divine energies and that includes their ancestors, their spirit guides, their soul family, their angels, and anyone else who is willing and able to come in on their behalf. And so what generally does happen is that their main guide usually is um, an ancestor. So it's someone who has been assigned to them and they will, you know, they will step forth and they will actually speak to me. I don't see them. I can only feel them. So I feel their energy. I can describe them. You know, I can kind of tell you if they're funny, if they're stern, if they're, you know, if, if they're tall, if they're short. So I can kind of feel their essence. And then they deliver these enlightened questions you know, answers and questions to the person I'm reading for. And so when I deliver it to them, they know for the most part who it is. And usually I will be able to get relationship. Usually they are able to tell me, I get a sense if it's a grandma, a great grandfather, you know, whoever, I usually do get the sense of that. And then the person can kind of fill in the blanks and say, yeah, it has to be, you know, that person. And then, um, so they usually have a lot to tell them that they want them to be mindful of because, you know, because they actually have been assigned to this person and, you know, and so their healing is really paramount to their peace in mm-hmm. spirit world, you know, because they're here and, you know, they're here to guide them and to, to help them. And, and most people don't even realize that they, you know, they, they don't realize that, you know, that they have, they know about angels and they've heard about spirit guides, but they don't really hear about the ancestor who is assigned to them. And, you know, and it's here because they want them to heal and to actually arrive at their holy assignment. And so there's a lot resting on that, you know, and so the pain and the angst that most people feel is really, you know, that ancestor pushing them like, wake up, wake up. The pain is going to wake you up. It's supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to settle in it. You're Mm -hmm. not supposed to grow comfortable in it, you know, or even just say, I'm never going to be happy and just kind of just move. You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't do, you can only do that for so long. Trust me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do the ancestors, um, do they change at all? Has yours like main ancestor guide changed or do they stay with you? I know it's hard to answer that. Cause we're not at the, end. whenever people say to your guys, I'm like, I'm not at the end of my life yet. So I don't know. <laughs> I have a couple of guides that have been with me since the beginning, but <laughs> so do they change at all? Well, mine hasn't changed. More has, has come in. Yeah. More has
1: come in. I had someone read for me several months ago um, and I had asked the question if they were able to tell me how many guides I had um, and they said, well, I don't know if I'd be able to do that, but I'll let you know. And it was like a two day. So they got back to me. And and when they told me, I was like, well, that makes sense. Because I always feel like, you know, when I invite them in, like Absolutely. I feel them in full force. And she told me there was over 850. <laughs> wow. And so I said, well, that's, that's like a tribe. You know what I mean? That's just basically both sides coming together. And I feel that, you know, and I have to be mindful. You know, um especially when I'm working with people, because they feel that energy, yeah, and it can sometimes be a little consuming, so I'm still learning on how to like dial it down a little yeah <laughs> you know? um but yeah, so i do I do have you know the same, and then I've been introduced to um a few new ones, which have been very, very interesting.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love Maya Angelou would always say, um, I, you know, when she's on the stage, everybody's coming with her, like all yes. her ancestors all yes. on. I was like, Oh, it's so interesting. Cause I do a lot of soul work, but I don't do work with the ancestors, which is fascinating. Um, so I want to know if anybody, we have a few more minutes we have 15 more minutes. I want to know if anybody has any questions for, uh, Denine, Um, Deneen talk a little bit about, uh, talk a little bit about your, your, uh, soul wounds and sacred revelations talk a little bit about that book cuz i'd like them to know just like what it's about i know it's a memoir but just tell us a little bit more about it
1: okay well let me see the the book re- reads really really good it's it's you know it's not your typical memoir in that it, you know, it reads almost like a movie, if you will, because, you know, from the very beginning, you're going to find me in the bathroom where I basically was literally contemplating taking my life. And so readers are going to feel what that felt like for me, like literally being at the point of no return and, you know, and and being, you know, um someone who had a background in social work and not being able to help myself and admitting that you know, so that vulnerability piece is there, the transparency, um, you know, with, with those feelings were, were there. Um, and, you know, I really wanted to, you know, establish, you know, right on with, with the reader that, you know, I had no clue of what this journey was going to look like at all, but I was willing and, and, and open to whatever that meant, because I really felt like I was missing the mark and, you know it was really important for readers to know that you know on the surface it looked like I was having a really good life, and you know, but deep down inside i I was unfulfilled. I knew that there was more to me you know met the eye and and I wanted you know it got to a point where I really just wanted wanted to um to live the life that I felt that I was meant to live if that made sense and so You know, the book kind of just really chronicles my, you know, my unrelentless, just wanting that. I wanted to get to, you know, to that level of peace that I knew I deserved. I wanted to be authentically happy. When I smiled, I really wanted to be smiling, not just because I felt like I had to to make other people comfortable. Yeah. Um, You know, I didn't want to wear the mask anymore, but I didn't know what that would look like to remove it. And so this book is a blueprint for people to be able to start to do that. So to really just take my story, but also overlay it over your own so that you can look at your life and start to examine it in a similar fashion and to really just grow in your own power and know, you know, your own consciousness and your own self-awareness because everybody's journey is going to be different and it should be because everybody is uniquely here for a different purpose but I have to say that whatever that purpose is, your pain has everything to do with it. Everything that has happened to you up until this minute and what will happen thereafter has everything to do with where you're going to be at the other, on the other side. And you're going to be able to take all of that and use it. There will be nothing wasted. I promise you. There will be nothing wasted.
0: So when things happen to you now, like a painful, mo- and guys, if you have any questions, ask them, you can put them in the Q and A. When things happen to you now, painful moments, um, c- cause you described something that I call simultaneous healing. It's when you see, when something happens to you, like a guy, there's an abandonment, then you see it from your childhood and it's like, you're working through it. It's great. I love it. How do you, what goes through your mind now when something painful happens? Like, what is your process now? Because a- Yeah, my process, my process hasn't
1: changed at all. It's the same thing. It's that, you know, that conscious recognition. I still, you know, start my day in meditation. I invite my ancestors and my guides in um, because if I don't do that, what I realize is that they're only witnessing mm-hmm. because they operate off of free will so that's something that you know i want your audience to know that if you want support you want to feel that support from divine from your spirit guides from your ancestors it's a daily invitation it's not a one and done it's not a okay i want you know i want you in my life please you know guide me and and lead me to healing no it's that's only for one day you have to do it every day if you want them to support you in your healing and you want them to guide you um otherwise they're just going to witness so I definitely do that every day still. It's an invitation. And, and then when I do encounter something that is a trigger for me, I am you know very conscious of, and aware. For the most part, I usually always can see that this is it. It's an opportunity for me to master the lesson. And so mastering the lesson is recognizing that it is a lesson, number one, and that number two, that it's a trigger. And then number three, how am I going to respond? Because you can only heal if you respond differently. And that difference means that you're not using the same old, tired, painful response that you were using before. It just kind of keeps you in the blender, so to speak but that you actually realize that this is an opportunity for me to heal, for me to respond differently. How am I going to respond? And that that response is going to actually take you even further in your, in your um, elevation and understanding of, of things.
0: I love that because I, I believe in that. And I, 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 teach a portion, I teach something similar and it's always great to hear because it's such confirmation because I know, I feel like you work the way I do as much as we may learn things from outside sources. We're taking everything from these downloads Mm -hmm. that we're getting. So I love it. Um, So you also use a word called spiritual inheritance. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? And what is that? Spiritual inheritance is, is a conscious awareness that
1: we all should have, but we don't have. And it's really just because we don't know about it. It came to me through my healing And it was really just the knowing of all of the 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 essence of who my ancestors were, their plights, all of the things that they had already mastered. And and also some of the things that they didn't master, you know, that was basically just passed down. Um, There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we we all um, struggle with. And we don't need to be struggling because we don't realize that it's already been a debt that's already been paid or, mm-hmm. you know, or or something that's already been raised, basically, you know, delivered for us. And for some reason, we feel like we still have to continue to do this dance and we don't have to, we don't need to do that. And so that's why if you can open yourself up to divine to be able to, you know, wait and listen and see if there's anything that, you know, that Um, That needs to be, you know, brought to your attention over time. It will be. I also feel like there are, you know, things when I say spiritual inheritance, it means your gifts. There's a lot of people who have gifts and they deny them because they're afraid of them because they don't have anybody to really openly talk to them about. You know, but they are there. And that is a part of your spiritual inheritance as well is is knowing you might not know exactly what your gifts are like I did. I didn't know, even though I told you since I was five, I knew that I had gifts and abilities. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that, you know, that I was an empath, that I was a a spiritual intuitive, you know, that I was a psychic, that I was clairvoyant and that I was actually being, you know, a shaman in the making. No way. I wouldn't have been able to tell you any of that. But what happened later on, you know, as I opened myself up to my journey, I realized that I have always had these abilities that I wanted to find out what they were. And it was just a matter of me connecting myself to the spiritual world to find out the name of these gifts. What do they look like? What do they feel like? Talking to people openly about them so that I could learn and understand them more. And then once I did that, then I started to gain a greater insight to how they work and why I have them and how I can use them, you know? Um, So yeah, so the spiritual inheritance, it it covers a lot of different things. It also uncovers that family karma that I spoke of, you know, and the family karma has everything to do with, um, you know, being able to examine that and also heal that. And I want to say, Marilyn, and you're probably already aware of this, I'm sure, most of the people that you work with, I'm almost 100% sure they're black sheep, or I call them the chosen one. The black sheep of the family is really the chosen one. Um, you know, we've been using that, that term, um, black sheep, just because they stand out, again, um, the outcasts, you know, but the black sheep is really the person who has been chosen, And they don't even know it, but I want anybody who's listening to this, who has felt like I did, you never fit in, you felt like an outcast, even within your family, that you are a chosen one. You've been chosen by divine to step forth, to heal your family, to heal your bloodline and to heal yourself. And you are the only one who can do it because you're the only one different. You're the only one who can feel and sense. You're the only one who can see what's really going on. You see things before they happen. You always have. You've anticipated a lot of things and those things have come to fruition, but you've been prepared for them. And even things that haven't happened yet, you're anticipating. Those are gifts. Those are gifts. And so people need to recognize that it's not, you know, something that everybody is aware of, but you are, you always have been, and I hope that you will readily, you know, be open to exploring that you know and actually taking you know the full wounds and the sacred revelations part is taking that pain and exploring it and seeing it to actually open you up for
0: greatness i this i have a couple of questions i don't want to go over too late but um i just love everything you said and i love the acceptance of the pain and and how it catapults mm-hmm. you and and into your purpose, whatever you want to call it. I just think it's great because so many people run from it or hide from it, or you're going to meet divine and you're going to be fine. There is one question that's coming in. I'm going to read it. Um, I'm not sure. It says, do you have any information on the healing temple that is apparently available to us during dream state? As long as we ask our guides to bring us there.
1: My I interest- think I Oh, I'm sorry. I think I call it something else. I don't call it the healing temple. But what I do is, you know, I will tell people once they are open to their healing journey that the messages will come to them in all different ways. Yeah. And so being open to that and not afraid of it, you know, inviting that in. And that's something that you can do definitely at night is to open yourself up to that. And I often tell my clients to, you know, have a journal on your bedstand or close mm-hmm. to you. So that you can capture that because sometimes people forget when they're awake. Um, But if you even if you were to forget, you can always ask Devon, can you help me remember that dream that I had? Because I think there was something deeper that you wanted me to know. Trust me, they'll give it to you again. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, you know, different things that you can do. Um, you know what I mean, um, to just open yourself up to the level of messages that, you know, that are meant for you to remember. Um, and of course, um, because, because of my Native American I always tell people dream catchers really do work. Yeah. So you can, um, <laughs> you can hang a dream catcher near your bed or, or actually on your um, head, headboard. Um, and they will definitely help you, you know, help you to um, to capture
0: those dreams as well. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome, Marilyn. Is there anything, uh, so they have your website. We're going to make sure, is there a Facebook page? Where are you mainly active on social media so they can follow you and um, your email list? It, tell us how, what, what we can do to support you. Okay. Well, for sure, you
1: know, I, um, my website is deneanjoiner.com. Yeah, I put that uh, I would you know really appreciate you know your your uh your followers to go there and 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 read more about me. You'll you'll learn a lot more than you did <laughs> within this hour for sure about me and my gifts, my journey, and you can learn more about the soul readings that I do and all of the other work if you're interested in, in ways of, of working with me or just, you know, basically exploring your, your soul wounds, your family karma. I do a lot of different things with, with family karma and, and healing. And, you know, I'm learning something new every day. Like I just actually a couple of weeks ago, just uncovered, um, being able to do a past life healing. Mm. And so, and so, and this was with, you know, a client of mine that I've been working with for a while, and we just discovered some things um, that she had been dealing with. Um, and these wound. it was a wound, but it wasn't a wound for this lifetime. It was a wound from a past lifetime that is showing up now. And it was a, it was basically, you know, information that was channeled to me. And she was sharing something with me and it became very apparent that this was not something that happened now. This was something that happened Wow, you know, in another lifetime. And, and so because of that, you know, now I'm, um, I'm developing um, a healing, basically a way to be able to heal that with her. So I'm learning something, you know, it's not, it's never a, you know, one, one and done. It's always something new with okay. my gifts, you know, being able to explore them and, and use them in different ways. And, you know, even when I feel like, wow, that's like, um, above my pay grade. <laughs> it's yeah. like, they're like, no, it's not, you know, it's not, but you will show you. And they really do. They show up and, you know, they, they tell me what to do and, and I rely on them because, you know, I've never done certain things before, but they, you know, they never let me down. They're always there and they're always guiding me and you know, it's just amazing. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's truly amazing. And I was very, very happy and honored to be able to come and spend time with you and your community. I heard such beautiful things about you, Marilyn. And, um, you know, so it was so nice to just finally just, you know, be in your presence. And, you know, the work that you do is, is you know, it, it's, it's just incredible. So I know about the work that you do as well. So you having me here, you know, as a guest, it's is, is really just like, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I feel so blessed. The people we get to invite on, and and you, and and you get to share your gifts with my community. It's just to me, it's such a gift. Um, thank you so much, Tanine. I was so beautiful meeting you. I'm going to connect with you so on social media and stuff like that. Okay. It us to stay in touch and introduce you to uh, more people in my audience as well. Um, my okay. Tribe, and uh, just thank you again. And is there any parting words you want for all of us to have? I mean, it was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. I just, no, I just really, you know, really
1: just feel blessed, like I said, an honor to be, you know, to to share this space with you all this evening and, you know, and I would just, you know, I applaud you because it's not easy to do the work. It's not, you know, and I know that you know that, you know, but just know that, you know, the work that you're doing is not in vain, you know, continue to stay open to the process, Um, you know, just, just really know that you're not alone invite in, you know, the powers that be every day. And you're going to see, um, you know, you're going to see a different, a different way of being, if you can remember that they're there and honor them in that way. And, you know, and, and honor yourself, you know, really, really just, you know, love on yourself. We're so used to giving it away, you know? But you know if if we could if we could just give that love back, especially now, you know because most people feel so lost right now um and there's always you know that level of disconnect right especially right now, because we're not used to um having to you know have the computer all the time, and you know we're used to being in in each other's presence and and so you know you have to find different ways of being able to connect um you know, and so I would just say to definitely, you know, don't, don't disconnect, stay connected. You know, you, you have a beautiful tribe here through Maryland, you know, um, they're here. They love you. I feel the love. Mm -hmm. Um, So stay connected, you know, and I know that, you know, she'll, she'll continue to support you. You know, you don't have to go it alone. You don't even have to have the answers, just be open and, and, um, express whatever you need. And I know that, you know, she'll help you. Oh, thank you so
0: much. That was beautiful, Denine. You don't have to oh. have answers. I love that. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Thank you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, evening. Thank you so much for your time and energy, everything. Bye. Oh, thank you. And I'll, I'll be seeing you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to connect with you. So great. Okay. All right. Thanks, thank everyone. you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so how was that? Did you enjoy it? Deneen is a beautiful, beautiful soul, and I hope you got as much out of it as my know I did and my community did. So are you ready for your reading? Remember, this will be in the show notes as well. So listen to it, though, because it's really, that's part of like, um that's a clear audience tool, clear hearing, which lives in your throat chakra. Listen to the reading and see what you listen to. What's so interesting to me in readings when I used to um, do a lot of private readings When people would come back and say, you said blah, 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 and of course I don't remember readings, which I've said before, but sometimes I'd be like, I definitely don't think I said that because I don't even speak that way, but who knows, you know, I'm always channeling too, so what comes through me? So it's interesting to me what people actually hear and what I say. So I would suggest listening to it and then going to the show notes and reading it and see if there's anything you missed or one thing highlighted over another. Because when you hear something versus when you read it, you're going to hear um, something that's gonna jump out at you as opposed- as when you're reading it, something's gonna jump out at you. So it's a little bit different. And our throat chakra is all about truth, speaking our truth to ourselves and speaking our truth to the world. Okay, so lake, ocean or river, lake. Stillness is what your soul needs right now. Your thoughts are going, going, going. Take a moment to breathe and sit. Breathe stillness into the parts of your body that are craving attention. Even if you take one minute a day to do this, you will begin to feel more peaceful. As you sit in stillness, get clear about what it is you desire in your life. Where are you having fun? Where are you stagnant? What do you need to feed your soul? What would you like to change? Where can you play more? Close your eyes and remember a magical vacation a fun time you had, and go there. How does that make you feel? That feeling wants to be present in your life every day. Your focus this week is creating magic, whatever that means to you. Ocean. Take a bath in salt water. Feel your body go deep into the memory of why you were here. Breathe in the light of the stars and carry that light to the depths of your soul. Sprinkle the stars inside your body. See them light up different areas of your body. See stars light up your hands. Now that hand has magic in it. What can you do with it to make yourself remember who you are? Write with it? Pet a beloved animal? Touch a tree? Touch your own face? Spirit is reminding you you are here for a reason. Remind yourself what you love and know that has everything to do with why you are here. Your focus this week is remembering the star that you are. River, flow into your life. Open the doors and let life flow in. Let abundance flow in. Let love flow in. Somewhere along the way, you stopped to experience the kind of flow you desire. Then you stopped dreaming, asking for what you want. Get clear, then ask. Then go to a door and open it up and feel the flow of spirit rush into guide you to your destiny run your hands under water splash water on your face you are alive drink the water and feel its goodness fill you up always replenishing you with bright life close your eyes and feel it fill you up with whatever you need is it love peace magic you can close your eyes and feel whatever it is you need your focus this week is to remember you're only a door away from what you want to feel. Open the door. Okay, guys. That is it. Remember to, I keep forgetting to say this in the beginning. Remember to rate, share and uh, review this podcast, especially on Apple podcast. It apparently really does help on Apple podcast. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing from you. Remember to drop us a line at info at who can it be now podcast.com. And I will see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye.